Hello, and welcome to episode 185 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. A warm welcome to Alexis J. and Adrian M. to the Modern Manager community. I have just released four new guidebooks that you can get. These are the first in a new series called Mamie's Ultimate Guidebooks. The first four are on meetings, hiring, productivity, and task managers. And combined, there are 99 pages of tips, worksheets, and actions for you to take to boost your managerial skills. Become a member at the Sprout level or above, and you get all of these ultimate guidebooks for free. Go to themodernmanager.com join to learn more. Now, today's guest is Christine Comaford. Christine is a leadership and culture coach, serial entrepreneur, and New York Times bestselling author. For over 30 years, Christine has helped leaders navigate growth and change. She specializes in applied neuroscience, which helps her clients achieve tremendous results in record time. As an entrepreneur, she built and sold five companies with an average ROI of 700%, and she was a software engineer in the early days of Microsoft and Apple. Christine is a human behavior expert, a leadership columnist for Forbes.com, and the New York Times bestselling author of Power Your Tribe, Smart Tribes, and Rules for Renegades. Christine and I talk about the great migration that is happening and how to get your people to stay. How can you help them know how to succeed and develop them in meaningful ways and how to conduct a stay interview and a whole lot more. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Christine. I am really excited to talk with you about how we get people to stick around. I think this is one of those concepts that's on a lot of managers' minds right now, especially with the pandemic. So um, I'm glad to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you, Mamie. It's awesome to be here. And this is such an important topic. Oh my gosh. I mean, without, without people, <laughs> you have no business. Exactly. And I know with the pandemic, I've been hearing a lot from people who are reflecting and saying, is this really where I want to be? Do I really want to either be with this company that, you know, and, and be in this career path and be in this job? And there's just a lot of movement and a lot of pondering and life kind of life reflections. And you know, it's sometimes hard to know as a manager where your people's heads are at until it's too late and they've already taken a new job or decided that they're they're ready to go. But you have a, a different uh, a different way that I've ever heard of to be able to start talking with your team members before that point. So can you tell us a little about about this idea that you have? Yeah, and and I think it's so important to have. I mean, communication is everything. You can communicate if you can communicate clearly and honestly and with transparency, you can get through anything. And what we love and recommend in our executive coaching to our clients is stay interviews. And stay interviews are basically what will it take to make you stay? And I know this sounds a little scary, like, oh, let's not put the idea of leading into people's heads, but honestly. Everybody's thinking about leaving right now, <laughs> you know, with the pandemic and how, how it's really changed everyone. Everyone's curious. Everyone's reflecting. So we may as well just be upfront about it. And when we look at like what the stay factors are, you know, if there's exciting work and challenge, okay, cool. People are going to stay. If there's career growth and learning and development, and I cannot tell you maybe how often 
how often, I mean, I want to say the vast, and I hate that word, the vast majority of companies we interact with don't have individual development plans, don't have career pathing. People don't know exactly how they can get to the next level. So yeah, people leave a lot for quality of life, but also just to get ahead. Working with great people is a state factor. Fair pay is a state factor. Really good boss, you know, supportive, encouraging boss, um, being recognized, valued, respected, decent benefits, meaningful work, feeling like we're making a difference, pride in the organization, being proud to work where you work and what your company is about and the difference that you make in the world. And then, of course, you know, a great work environment and a great culture. And I, I'm just kind of blown away by how companies aren't really proactive about keeping their people. So why should we be surprised when they leave? Well, I have to first say I'm so glad having a good boss and a good manager is on that list because that's why everyone who's listening today is listening because we want to keep our team members engaged and, and doing good work. And I want to pull out a couple of these key elements. You, know, you noted initially the first two were were kind of similar in that people want to have engaging work, they want to be challenged, and they want to learn and grow. So let's start with just, you know, what can managers do if you are in one of those companies that doesn't have a formal professional development process or individual development plans? Are there ways to introduce that concept into your team? Yes. You know, maybe there are two things. A lot of people think, oh my God, a, an individual development plan is so much work. Yeah. So, so there, there's the good old IDP, which is, you know, what are three maybe soft skills you want to grow in? Accountability, you know, communication, collaboration, and then three hard skills. You know, I want to learn how to manage this sort of project, you know, et cetera. So that's kind of a simple one. Three soft skills or three leadership skills, three job skills. And then what's the map to actually achieve those? How will you know when you've achieved them? What resources do you need, et cetera? Let's track this individual development plan over the next year and let's achieve it. So that's pretty basic. So what I find is a step easier for the average bear, and we will put this on the show page, you can put this in your newsletter, and I'm going to jot it down so don't forget, is leadership levels. Here's what's cool about leadership levels. Leadership levels, we have uh, one through nine, and let me just give you an example. One is wait to be told. Not a lot of leadership there, right? They're sitting around waiting to be told. Leadership level two, ask what to do. Hey, there's some initiative there. Awesome. Leadership level three, recommend and then act. Hey, even more value. Yay, right? Leadership level four, we act and we report immediately. Leadership level five, though, is where the world changes. Leadership level five is where somebody has internalized high levels of, and I'll tell you the high levels of in a sec, because that can be nebulous, planning, accountability, quality of work communication. And each of those four areas that that deems you worthy of leadership level five, which is where you start to actually lead the business and not just lead yourself, excuse me, lead others and not just lead yourself. uh, Each of those four qualities in leadership level five has a zero to five ranking within each. And to, to merit leadership level five, you've got to have a four average in each category, or else, frankly, you're still working on planning or accountability or quality of work or communication. Our clients go nuts about this because what you do, and then of course, six, seven, eight, nine go on top of that. 
But what you do is you send this doc to people. It's a document. It's several pages. So it's abundantly clear how to get to leadership level five. And then what six, seven, eight, nine mean. The person self-assesses. Okay, you know what? Honestly, boss, uh, I really think I'm at a leadership level three. Ah, and then when we actually do a good job with the job description, which we don't use those anymore. Those are like great for the 1980s. But we actually use what's called an impact description, which is more respectful. The impact description shows how this job impacts the organization, the impact this job has, the importance that this job has. And impact descriptions light up key parts of the brain, uh, make sure that you know oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin is all firing in the brain. And also impact descriptions enable a person to opt in or opt out. Because in an impact description, you say, this is who you are. You're responsible. You go for it. You take responsibility for your actions. You take high initiative. And that way the person will go, whoa, and apply for the job. So the impact description is awesome. It's much more emotional than a boring old job description because it starts out by saying, this is who you are. You know, so for example, you're super responsible. You take high initiative. You own your actions. You're a great collaborator. That way someone can opt in or opt out. And you use the impact description when you actually post it. And then it says, this is who we are as an organization. We believe in this, 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 and this. So very quickly, a person will opt in or opt out based on the impact description. Once they're on board, the impact description does say, this is a leadership level blank role. This is a leadership level four role, and we would hope that you would be at five within a year, for example. So the person takes the, the, the person shows up, maybe they're at leadership level four. They're working, working, working. They know they need to get to five. Their boss says, how do you think you're doing? Well, I think I'm still out of four, um, but here's what I think I need to do to get to five. Then they get to five. Okay, cool. Now I want to be at six within a year. So what's cool is leadership levels, for the most part, are about how we want to show up. Yes, there are some skills that we need to gain when we get to the higher ones, but really, honestly, one through five is whether we're willing to really show up or not. So all companies can use leadership levels because they're wicked easy to implement. The person self-assesses. The leader then says, well, gosh, my experience is that you're leadership level three, and here's why. So um, does that make sense to you? Do you see those examples? Do they resonate? Oh, you know what? Yeah, actually, I guess I'm not four. I guess I really am three. Well, let's co-create a plan to get to four within X period of time. Here's the evidence that we would see once you were at four. Here's how we're going to help you get there. So the companies that just say, oh, my gosh, individual development plans, too hard. We tried those. They failed, blah, blah, blah. At least do leadership levels. Because what's cool is then a person starts to expand their identity Oh, I'm going towards leadership level five. I'm going to be more accountable. I'm going to communicate more clearly. And it's super inspiring and uplifting. And it's great for retention, Mamie. I mean, I, this is like awesome because I feel like one of the biggest challenges that we hear, at least I hear, is, you know, this person does great work, but they are always missing deadlines or like they, they always just come to me with problems. They're never proactive trying to solve them. And I need people to just like step up their game. And this feels exactly like in that stream of it's not actually about the work you're doing as a marketer or as a an analyst or anything else. It's actually about how you show up in your role. And to be able to create a system where everybody's speaking the same language, we all know what leadership level two means, and we all know what leadership level five means, and we all know what it takes to get there could be a really powerful way for managers to start to work on professional development. I love this. 
Okay, let's add one more thing. What's one of the, well, there are many challenges right now with hybrid work, right? And remote workers in office hybrids. And one of the biggest things that we're seeing in our coaching is lots of communication breakdowns. So let's just take a sec because, you know, it can be relative, right? Well, he's a good communicator. Well, what does that mean? Well, he's not a good communicator. Well, what does that mean? So just, just to give you a little insight into the communication section of leadership level five, right? There are two aspects of it. There's one, which is email coding, which not all companies do, but like putting in the subject line, high, medium, low, dash, you know, and what the what the actual subject is. So people don't, don't get bombarded with all sorts of stupid email. They understand whether they need to read it now or not. But what we find is really big is here are some of the key communication agreements that people have to be strong at, if you will, in order to be at leadership level uh, five for communication. Ask for what they need so they can do their best work, right? Provide clear and complete communication and check to ensure their message was accurately received. And if they're the communication recipient, check to ensure they fully understand the message. Um, let me just do a little sidetrack. We call this the echo back. Hey, Mamie, could you do X, Y, and Z by four o'clock on Friday? And can you echo back? So I want to make sure that my communication is clear. Yeah, Christine, you wanted X, Y, and Z by four o'clock on Friday. Oh, shoot, Mamie. I forgot to say, I also want A, B, and C. Okay, you want A, B, C added to X, Y, Z by four o'clock on Friday. Yes, great. We've got our little verbal handshake. Off you go, you know? And Mamie knows to check with me if she has any challenges fulfilling those six things. But we know what time it's due. When people say like, oh, can I have this by Friday? That's not helping the brain. The brain needs specificity. It's due 9 a.m. on Friday because you'll get what we call a little critter state, a little fight, flight, freeze, if you're vague and ambiguous around deadlines, does, does Friday mean at the end of the day? Does it mean at the middle of the day? Does it mean in the beginning? Am I going to succeed or fail here? Next, um, carefully reading communication, providing complete response. How many of us, and I know you guys have all experienced this, you send an email maybe with three different topics in it, and the person clearly didn't read the whole email because <laughs> they just respond to the first topic. Now you've got a bunch of stupid back and forth emails when you could have just resolved it all in one email. So carefully reading communication, complete response, managing their emotional state in communications and carefully wording emails to be considerate of others, even when you are upset, right? Don't send the flame email if you're feeling angry. Breathe, edit it, read it aloud, send it the next day. Proactively providing clear communication on outstanding items. Hey guys, this is the status, just thought you all should know of such and such, right? So everybody else who's counting on you can do their best work. Proactively providing ideas and well-formed strategies to grow the team and business. Not just throwing out big distractions of ideas or strategies that aren't well-formed and thought through. Please let's not waste people's mental cycles. So those are just kind of a few ways that we know that we're communicating effectively. Oh my gosh, you said so many great things there. I, I don't even I didn't know what to highlight because it was all so, so important. So I want to go back then to the, the list of how do we keep great people around and ask about this question of fair pay because this is another thing that comes up that I've heard clients <sighs> say is, you know, the only way to get a bump, a significant bump in pay is to change jobs. You know, my current company only does cost of living adjustments or, you know, sometimes you get a promotion, but it doesn't even really come with the good pay bump. So I have to, I have to change jobs. How do you handle that? 
Okay, so this is, and I know I harp on this, <laughs> this is yet, yet another reason for leadership levels. Hey, uh, boss, I jumped from leadership level four to six in the past year. And I just want to say, we don't see that happening very often. So for the opening in XYZ that requires a leadership level six, I am uniquely qualified. You know, you can go outside and get the devil that you don't know or the devil that you know, you know, how much risk would you like to take? I love this company. I want to stay here. So, you know, I'm really big on making a fantastic case for getting a big career jump inside the company because it's much easier and it's easier for the organism, right? The organization that is a living, breathing organism. If you have a company that is so rigid and frankly has on such big blinders that they're willing to lose great talent, then what some of our clients have done is somebody will bring them a job offer and say, look, you know, I can make, and sometimes it's huge. Sometimes it's 30% more (laughs) going somewhere else. And, uh, you know, that's pretty hard to argue with. You know, you could say, well, you know, you can make 30% more here, but it would require this and that jump. So first, let's see if it's even realistic. Because sometimes, seriously, with some of these companies throwing around huge dollars, you, you just, you can't compete. But what you can compete on is quality of life. So I always like to say, and what we use with our clients is it's it's called a benefit summary, but it's not the boring, usual, silly ones that just say, oh, well, here's what you get from insurance and you know, blah, blah, blah. We add a whole section on culture. So here's what we allocate to each employee for the employee awards that we do every year, for the whatever free juice and, and you know, coffee drinks, for the um, various cultural programs, for the learning and education budget, for the blah, 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 blah. And often we'll find that when people see that, they see that actually they're making 20% more than they actually thought they were making because these are less tangible, less obvious um, benefits that don't go directly into their pocket. So that's one statement. And you also have to look at the quality of life. Yeah, you can go work at XYZ company. You'll work 14 hour days and you won't see your family. Hey, if you want to do that for 30% more, knock yourself out. So we have to look at kind of balancing the apples and oranges. That's why with the list I just gave of those 10 items, that's where you can actually take those 10 items from the stay interview and say, please go off and look at the other company you're considering and really do some research and see which of these 10 you're going to get there because you get nine out of 10 here. And how important is quality of life? Is money more important? So, I mean, so, so much good stuff here. And I think you're, you know, you're right on point that companies are often providing so much to their employees that we don't even see in our day to day, but it does add up to a lot. So if you're a small business owner, right, sometimes you're doing a whole lot that people don't even realize that you're doing when you're paying for team retreats or other, you know, fun nights out and things like that with your team. You know, even if it's a manager, you're doing those things and that can be part of it. And going to a company where you don't know the culture and you don't know the manager and, you know, there's a lot of big risk there. So if you can help make a compelling case for someone to stay by showing them the variety of benefits they're getting, not just in pay or not just in promotions, you know, it can be powerful. All right. So next question. I want to have this stay interview. Like I know what an exit interview is. I know talking to my, you know, having HR talk to somebody after they've left, but how do I conduct a stay interview in a way that doesn't feel so awkward or like, you know, I'm I'm kind of asking this person, are they really trying to leave? I, I want it to not be so strange. 
Yes, yes. And I do want to give credit to to the authors, uh, Kay and Jordan Evans, because they wrote a really great book on stay interviews. And it's called Love Them or Lose Them, Getting Good People to Stay. And what we found find is that to not make it weird. And actually, I think these are questions to ask uh, in a lot of different ways. And what a lot of our clients are doing now is they're setting up Google Sheets. And the Google Sheets, you can just visualize this. There's a column. And don't you, you don't want to have more than about five or six people doing this at once. So you have a, several, a, a series of Google Sheets per team, you know, one sheet, one sheet per team, five or six, maybe, maybe 10 max. And there's a column for each person. Then the rows are fun questions. You know, what do you collect? You know, what are your hobbies? What's your favorite color? If you could only eat one meal forever, what would it be? And just in team meetings, you always make sure that you ask a couple of those fun questions and people type it into the Google sheet, because then when you want to give that person a treat, it's actually a treat. It's a perk. It's a gift that's actually relevant to them. And that pays great dividends because we're actually paying attention to the human. I hate when people say employee experience. That's like, that's so 2000. You know, what we're doing now is we're doing human experience. Like what's the whole human being? And are we honoring the whole neurodiversity? Are we honoring helping them um, be great financial planners and own their money? I mean, are we helping them be healthy? Yes, we want to help them be a good employee, but we want to help them do all this other stuff too. So I, I encourage people to take that human experience view of their people as well, because that's a huge competitive advantage. So some standard view questions. What about your job makes you jump out of bed in the morning? What about your job really makes you excited? Because if you look, Mamie, people need to feel like they're making a difference. We all need to be part of something bigger. How compelling is the mission, vision, values of your company? I did this workshop for Walmart, for Walmart's um, design team yesterday. They sent me the most amazing visual. They sent me this huge visual of all the smiling faces on Zoom with a sidebar that says, thank you so much, Christine. We love you. That was transformative, blah, blah, blah. But just like that was the huge compelling visual to see all these amazing smiling faces. And it was a virtual workshop and people were from all over the world. But it was so fun that everybody wanted to do that together. And they were suggesting it in the chat as I was doing the workshop. <laughs> They're like, you know, how can we do something fun for Christine and fun for us? You know, um, next question. What makes you hit the snooze button? If you were to win the lottery and resign, what would you miss? Ah, if you were to win the lottery and resign, what would you miss most about this place? That is a juicy question. That is an emotional question. Uh, what one thing that have changed in your current role would make you want to leave? Okay. If you had a magic wand, what one thing would you change about the department or division or team? If you had to go back to a position in your past and stay for an extended period of time, which one would it be and why? What makes for a great day? What can we do to make your job more satisfying? What can we do to support your career goals? Hey, do you get enough recognition? What will keep you here? What might entice you away? That's kind of one of those scary questions. What do you want to learn this year? How might you learn it? Okay. And then, of course, what did I miss? What should I have asked you and I didn't know to ask you? So this opens up a dialogue and you can even just do a handful of these questions. These are such interesting questions that I'm imagining most of us have never even thought of asking our team members. But I can see how powerful it would be. Is this a conversation that you have 
once a year with each person or can it do it once and then you're good for a while? You know, I really like to check in on um, leadership levels slash IDPs every quarter. You know, I'm not a big fan of the annual review because I think people find that to be often really unfair. Um, And it's the greatest cause of stress. If you look at the research we did with Yale quite a while ago, the greatest cause of stress at work worldwide is the performance review. Because it feels unfair because your boss forgets all the cool stuff that you did at the beginning of the year. They just remember the last quarter or so. So lighter, more informal uh, quarterly reviews work a lot better. You could do this at the quarterly review. Just ask maybe a few questions. Then at the next quarterly review, ask questions you didn't ask the prior time. You could just informally ask like three questions each quarter, you know, or five questions twice a year. Yeah. So it sounds like you don't have to make a special meeting that you hold once a year that's called the stay interview. Good. Good point. Thank you, Mamie. Um, We want to have this open dialogue so that they don't even think of leaving, you know, because once somebody's really thinking about leaving and fantasizing about leaving, it's kind of too late, you know? Are there some things that you would expect to hear or in those responses if somebody was thinking about leaving? Like, is there a way that your antenna would go up um, based on some of these questions? Um, Yeah. If you heard that they were really unhappy about something uh, or they weren't aligned with the mission, vision, value, values of the company, or if they felt that they weren't growing or if they had a bad boss, you know? So if you've noticed that someone is thinking about leaving or you're starting to get the sense that they're not happy, what do you do about that? I mean, is, is it too late at that point or are, is it our job now to try to entice them to stay or to create that environment where they feel like they can stay? Okay, great question. Um, here's the thing. If we've done a good job building rapport, building trust, having open, loving, compassionate, transparent conversations, they should feel comfortable coming to us saying, you know, this and that and that really isn't working for me. And let's change it so that I don't want to leave. Or if we've done a good job on our stay interviews, we won't even get there. If it comes to the point where they say, you know what, Um, I just got this offer for this huge amount of money, my dream job, blah, 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 blah. That's when we can say, um, that sounds awesome. Congratulations. What we found is that there are these key 10 factors that make a person want to stay. And I don't want you to go to get this huge pay increase. And then after six months, realize, wow, there's not any meaning in this work. And I'm not being fed, you know, emotionally and spiritually by this company. And then, you know, your role here might be already filled. So can we just talk through the pros and cons? And um, as a mentor or and somebody who cares about you, I just want to make sure that you're making the right long-term decision because the short-term decision does sound very compelling. We just talk it through. You know, I want whatever's best for you, but I want what's best for you long-term. I love that, right? And I've heard in some of the interviews I've been doing that a manager who can actually help help you as an employee or as an individual make the right choice for your career, whether that is staying with a company or going, mm. are, that, that's what people want in their manager. They want to trust their manager to help guide them through their career path. So this feels like such a great structured way to have that conversation and not have it be theoretical, but actually to use that list and say, let's actually 
look at your current job and that future job and let's see how how each of them stack up. And I'm here to support you in whatever your ultimate decision is. And I'm just here to be a thought partner. So I think this is where we have to end because we're running out of time. So Christine, can you tell us where people can learn more about you and keep up with your work? Yes, they can go to smarttribesinstitute.com, smarttribesinstitute.com. And yes, there are two T's for smart and then for tribesinstitute.com. On there, um, I recommend you go to the resources page, everybody. There are assessments, leadership assessment, emotional resilience assessment, growth assessment. There are many courses, um, little short mini courses on building emotional resilience, you know, being stronger as a leader. And you can help yourself to those. Get on our newsletter list if you'd like to as well. Thank you again. I feel like we covered so much juicy stuff here. So thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Mamie, for having me. Christine is generously providing their most potent leadership tools in infographic form, so they're easy to learn and share with your team. She's also offering a discount on coaching with her. To get both of these guest bonuses and many others, and those ultimate guides I mentioned at the beginning, become a member of The Modern Manager by going to themodernmanager.com join. All the links are in the show notes, including the discount code and the link for those ultimate guides, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager, you're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.